You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to today's episode. Uh, Excited to dive into the topic at hand. This is episode 83. We're going to be answering the question, uh, why is it that Muslims acknowledge Jesus uh, as a prophet and great teacher, but why don't Christians acknowledge Muhammad as a prophet or a great teacher? Before we dive in, uh, let me just welcome all of our new listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you stumbled across the podcast, maybe you found it on Facebook or Twitter, maybe you're even listening to this right now on our website, or maybe you're even listening to it and you're still in the Twitter or Facebook browser. I uh, want to encourage you and invite you to subscribe to the podcast right under the audio player. You should see a button that says subscribe with iTunes or subscribe with Android. Just hit whichever one applies to you. That'll take you over to the place where you can subscribe. Uh, being subscribed guarantees that every episode gets delivered directly to your device so you never miss a single episode. All right, let's dive into the topic at hand. Uh, We are going to answer the question, why do Muslims acknowledge uh, Jesus and the Bible, but Christians do not acknowledge Muhammad uh, or the Quran? Uh, This is actually the second episode in a two-part series. In our previous episode, episode 82, Um, I really, I answered the question, do Christians and Muslims worship the same God? Uh, That is the God of Abraham. I answered that thoroughly. The the, the easy answer, the simple answer is no, we do not. Uh, Christians do indeed follow the same God that Abraham followed, uh, but Muslims, however, do not. Uh, If you're not familiar with the history of Islam, the differences between Islam and Christianity, I would highly encourage you, if you've not done so, go back and listen to episode 82. Uh, The reason why I did these two episodes, episode 82 and 83, is because I got an email from one of my regular listeners, a girl by the name of Kelly, and she asked me to dive into this topic. So I want to give you a quote from uh, a guy by the name of uh, Turkey Al-Faisal. I'm pretty sure I butchered that and did say it properly. I did search the internet trying to find the proper pronunciation and couldn't find it. Uh, He is both an ambassador for Saudi Arabia as well as a Saudi Prince. And so a few years ago, he made a statement that I thought is very interesting, kind of in line with Kelly's question. Uh, He said this, we Muslims revere Adam to Noah and Noah to Abraham and Abraham to Moses, Moses to David and Solomon. You name it, we revere it. Jesus, Jonah, Jacob, all the prophets of the Old Testament and the New Testament, we consider them to be our prophets. And we also accept that the divine revelations to, and, we, and we accept the divine revelations to these prophets, the Torah, the New Testament. Those books are our books, along with the Quran. And our question to Christians and Jews is that why don't you reciprocate and believe in our prophet as we believe in your prophets? Why do you not accept our Quran as your book, although we accept your Bible in its entirety, whether the Old Testament or the New Testament? This is a quote from uh, the ambassador and Saudi prince. And I can't help but wonder uh, whether or not this was serious or facetious. But let's just let's just take it at face value and take uh, take it for a moment as if it was uh, a serious uh, inquiry, a serious question. Uh, the first thing I got to say up front um, is that Muslims do not accept the Old Testament and the New Testament in their entirety. I mean, that, that simply is is just not accurate. 
Um, if you listen to my episode, episode 82, you'll know that Muslims do not accept Jesus as the son of God, nor do they believe he was fully divine. Uh, Muslims, for the most part, believe that the Old Testament prophets, um, you know, brought forth truth. But then when after they died, people wrote down their teachings and their sayings in the Bible, but they ended up changing what they said or that over the centuries that the Bible, uh, both the Old Testament and the New Testament have been corrupted or changed. So they do not accept the Old Testament and the New Testament in their entirety. Uh, they also don't accept the biblical narratives. There are several stories in the Old Testament that Muslims simply deny as being true uh, the most important one, or one of the most important ones, is the idea that Ishmael was the cho- chosen son that God would bring forth the Messiah rather than Isaac. They believe that God's people w- come from the lineage of Ishmael, where the Old Testament clearly points to Isaac being the, the patriarch and the predecessor uh, of the people that would usher in the coming of the Messiah. So this idea that Muslims accept Christians, but we don't accept them, is simply false. I, I believe it's a false narrative that is that is asserted to make Christians look bad or to make Christians look like we're not being tolerant. That's the first thing I wanted to establish. The idea that uh, Muslims or or leaders within the Islamic faith are embracing Christianity or elements of Christianity is simply a false narrative. It's not accurate. Uh, in addition to that, there are several very important things that are you know that are essential to point out. Um, in the Muslim religion. Uh, th- there is an idea called abrogation. This is a thing that Muhammad asserted. This is the theory of abrogation is the idea that revelation becomes clearer over time and that we can have revelation at a later date, which may, be, which may contradict earlier revelation, but it, it therefore trumps or usurps that. So that you know, Muhammad early in his life may have said certain things that, be, that he believed to be true, and then later in his life he says things that are different and contradictory, which is which happens. There are multiple things in the Quran where where later in Muhammad's life, and uh, you know there are teachings that are the opposite or different than what he said earlier in his life. And what many Muslim theologians will tell you is, well, that's abrogation. That's the idea that earlier in his life, what he said was true in that moment, but later on, revelation became clearer, and now that's more true or closer to the truth, and therefore that replaces the old. It doesn't contradict; it simply replaces. Um, and so. This idea that you know abrogation. I mean, the entire Muslim religion is based on this idea. It's based on the idea that the Old Testament and New Testament they had elements of truth, but it needs to be replaced by a better, clearer version of the truth. Six hundred years later, when Muhammad comes on the scene, you know, six hundred years after Jesus has left planet Earth. So this is an extremely important top, uh, you know, idea and philosophy that Christians clearly reject. There are several reasons why we reject Muhammad as the prophet and we reject uh, the the teachings of Islam. But I'm going to give you the biggest one is simply this. They have a different message than what Jesus and the apostles presented. Jesus presented one message. The apostles presented that message that Jesus was the savior, that he was God incarnate, and that salvation is only found in him. Muslims come along and give us a different message, and they would like us to believe that that message should replace the old message. We, as Bible-believing Christians, we reject the idea of abrogation. We reject the idea that Muhammad's newer revelation should trump or somehow usurp the older revelations given to us, written down by the apostles. I believe that Jesus Christ came to planet Earth, he died, and he rose from the dead, and that his apostles... Uh, continued after his ascension to heaven, the apostles spread the message of Christ throughout the known world. It was not corrupted and not changed. And they gave us very clear revelation that should not be usurped 
or changed. I believe we should embrace the message that Jesus taught. Muhammad did, did not come to bring us an enhanced version of the gospel. He brought us a different version of the gospel altogether. And one of the apostles who wrote in the New Testament gave us a very clear instruction on how we ought to approach these new gospels. Let's examine together some of the words of the apostle Paul to the church in Galatia. If you're not familiar, uh, Paul went to the region of Galatia, planted, uh, planted a church there, did a lot of ministry in that region. He left and after he was gone, he, you know, he got word that the Christians there had started to believe a different gospel and some of them went back to the, the ways of Judaism, uh, particularly in embracing circumcision. And so this was a, uh, a, this was something that was obviously contrary to what Paul had taught them. So he writes them a letter. We have this letter today. It's called the book of Galatians. He writes this letter to them uh, to explain to them his opinion on how we ought to deal with these supposed new gospel messages or these supposed enhancements to the gospel. He says this, Galatians chapter one, verses six through nine. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. He's like, dude, I'm, he says, I am shocked you guys are doing this, right? He then, verse seven, he says, not that there is another one, but that but there are some who trouble you and want you to distort the gospel of Christ. So he's saying, listen, I'm surprised you guys have turned away from the gospel that I gave you. I can't believe this. You guys have gone to this other gospel. But by the way, there isn't even another gospel. All there is is distortions of the gospel. There's no such thing as uh, there's no such thing as as another gospel. And then he says this in verse eight. He says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. You know, Paul is saying, listen, guys, like if anyone gives you a gospel that is different than what we originally give you, that guy is wrong. Don't listen to him. In fact, he even says like, listen, even if an, even if an angel comes down from heaven, okay, and preaches a different gospel, that angel is wrong. And Paul's like, listen, even if I come back to you at a later time and I preach you a different gospel, don't believe me at that moment, okay? Only believe the gospel that I gave you originally and all other versions of the gospel, reject them because they are distortions of the gospel. This is the reason why we denounce and reject the teachings of Muhammad because the Muhammad claims to be giving us a better revelation of the gospel. He is claiming that the old one must be replaced. He believes in the concept of abrogation and we reject that. And we take the advice of the Apostle Paul. He is the one who saw the resurrected Jesus. So we take his advice over the advice of Muhammad. The Apostle Paul has made it clear we are commanded to reject any message or teaching that comes from a man like the supposed prophet Muhammad. If you're interested in doing some additional research um, on the uh, Islamic religion, on Muslim people, the, their prophet Muhammad or the Quran, I would highly encourage you to check out uh, these two books. I, I mentioned them in the previous episode. I want to mention them again. Uh, the first one is What Every Christian Needs to Know About the Quran by James White. And the other one is Answering Islam, which is written by Abdul Salib and Norman Geisler. I would highly encourage you to check out those two books. You'll learn a lot. Also, if you have not get a chance to had the chance to listen to episode 82, go back and listen uh, to that. A big shout out to Kelly. Thank you for being a regular listener, and thank you for the great question that inspired uh, two episodes. Thank you very, very much. 
To all of our listeners, if you have a question that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, or if you have a topic that you'd like me to address, please feel free to shoot me an email. The best email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me personally, the best way the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a sailor!